Welcome to another message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. We are praying that this message will bless you and help you live your best life. For more information about Pastor Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. John chapter 11 starts out saying, Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Okay, let me, let me just uh, pause there because this is quite a long story and I'm hopeful to get through it in the next like 25, 20, 25 minutes. But, and then I, I know that the Lord is going to touch some, some people here with, with healing and freedom. And, and so before we get there, I, I just want to talk about him and to try and arouse your faith in him because faith is what contacts Christ. Knowing about Jesus is actually not enough. This last weekend in our church, I was preaching on, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I challenged our people to describe to me the taste of a banana. Not one of them could do it. Because I said, if I've never tasted a banana, go on, describe it to me. You can't. It's impossible. The only way that you're going to get me to understand what the taste of a banana is like is for me to eat it. And the only way I can bring what Jesus is really like to you is not by telling you about him, but for you to have him come into your life. The only way that happens is by taking a step of faith because faith is what connects you with Christ. And you've got faith. Every single person in this building has a measure of faith. You might have small faith or big faith, but you've got faith. And you just got to use it to reach out to the Son of God who is alive today. You go to all the tombs of great people throughout history. Yeah. I've walked by Stalin's tomb in, uh, in Moscow. I've, uh, I've seen other great crypts and, and, and St. Paul's Cathedral. You walk over the, the, the tombstones, you can see them in the floor of these great people who've lived in times past and their bones are in those graves. But you go to Jerusalem and look in the tomb of Jesus, spooky there, there's nothing. <laughs> Nothing. He's gone, baby. He's out of there. He's the only one who has gone. He's the only one who rose from the dead. He doesn't bring resurrection. He is the resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. And I want to talk a bit about that because when he connects with you and you connect with him, you get a life that you can't get from any other place in this planet. You get life from another world. Resurrection life that never ends. 
it has eternity in it. And we have settled for such a little life and such an ordinary existence. When God's mind had planned for every single human being such a magnificent existence, we have settled to be caterpillars when He designed us to be butterflies. And everybody on earth is born with a predestined plan on them to be born twice. The first birth, you don't have a lot of choice about. The second one, it's not automatic. You come into a place like this and a little later on, Pastor Claude is gonna invite you to say, how about me? Having that experience where I'm transformed. And the transformation is that utter, it's that complete like a crawling bug to a butterfly, completely, absolutely different lifestyle. But it says here that the sister sent to Jesus and said, he whom you love is sick. Okay, so here's the first thing you need to understand. That just because God loves you doesn't mean bad things are not gonna happen to you. Just because God loves you doesn't mean you're gonna be protected from all the negatives that are in this world. You'd like to think that, but here's somebody who was sick, nearly dead, with a disease that was killing them. The second point is that just because you have a sickness, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. You don't want to read God's attitude towards you through your circumstances. Your circumstances are not how God is communicating to you. He communicates to you through this book. This, this is how He communicates. And so the law of this book and the life of this book is greater than anything that comes against you. Every week in our church, somebody would tell me this. Last week, two people told me they were healed. Like last week or the week before. Some of them are massive healings. Some of them are small, seemingly insignificant healings, but they're excited and they tell me, I got healed. Also every week I'll have people who come to me and say, I got sick last week. The doctor told me I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I had a woman just this last week since she's been diagnosed with term, stage four cancer. She says, what am I meant to do? Am I meant to be on medication or believing or, you know, like she was, I said, the first thing you gotta do is believe the Word of God. Reach out. Don't let your problems overwhelm your faith. Let your faith overwhelm your problems. And that's the problem with the problem is that it tries to hijack your believing. It's easy to have faith when you haven't got a problem, but you don't need faith when you haven't got a problem. You need faith when you have got a problem. And you need the faith to overcome the problem that's trying to overcome your faith. It's trying to drown your emotions and negativity and fear. And so you go to the Bible and you read some promises and it says, by His stripes you were healed. And you go like, how could that be? I'm sick. These sisters said, he whom you love is sick. That's the first thing you've got to believe regardless of your circumstances. That God in heaven loves you. Most often people say, well, if he loved me, why has this happened? And there are very few answers for that. What you gotta do is go to the gear of trust rather than go to the gear of cynicism and unbelief. Don't go into reverse and start backing away because something bad has happened. 
Just cruise. If you can't believe, just go to neutral and trust. Say, Lord, I don't understand why all of this is going on, but I'm not going to leave you. If you want to really get depressed, read the book of Job. And it might help you realize that your problem isn't that, what, isn't that bad after all. All of his children were killed in one day. Bam! That's a lot to lose. All of his businesses were lost in one day. His wife kind of nagged him a lot. She was the only one who didn't die. Just saying. What's that about? Lord, I don't know what happens. Sometimes it seems Lord gets, you know, just gets a little messed up. My resolution this year, my prayer, dear Lord, this year I would like a skinny body and a big fat bank balance. And don't get it mixed up like you did last year. When you come to, when you come to, to see that Jesus can be reached out to when you got your sickness that's deadly or your circumstance that's terrible. Okay, so verse four, when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death. He gave them a prophecy. It was a presence meeting they were having. Lord, he whom you love is sick. Can you pray for my brother? This is not unto death. Got the prophecy, got the word of the Lord. Not just from a preacher, this is from Jesus himself. There's only one problem with this prophecy. Lazarus did die. What do you do with a word from God that says, it's not gonna happen, and then it does happen? Huh? This is, this is pretty terrible, but this is where people live. This is where you live. Somebody didn't get on the plane. But for every person who says, the Lord stopped me from getting on the plane, there are other people he didn't. What do we do with that, Lord? I mean, it's like he prophesies, he says, this is not unto death. But he could see a far longer picture than they could. He saw beyond the grave. He saw purposes within purposes. He saw wheels within wheels. And he may have said things and the Bible might say things that don't add up for you sometimes. It's not a reason to throw your faith in God away. It's not a reason to say, well, he didn't come through on that. You don't know what's going to happen yet. I said to Pastor Claude today, I read a story the other day about a, a person who, everybody in the village said, oh, it's wonderful. Your family got given a horse. He says, oh, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I'm not sure. 
They said, no, it's wonderful. It's amazing. Well, his son got on the horse. The horse bucked and he fell off and broke his leg. And they said, oh, that's terrible. He goes, hmm, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Well, a war broke out between China and Japan and all the Chinese came around enlisting soldiers. Took every young man in the village except him because he had a broken leg. (laughs) The story goes on and on like that. I'm telling you, you don't always understand why you're having something going on that doesn't look great, that doesn't feel great. But it may be a lot better than you think. If you get a long picture, he said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. This is not under death. All right. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So, he loved the three of them. So, you would think this verse would read a lot differently than it does. He loved the three of them. He heard, he heard that Lazarus said, so what does he do? So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. <laughs> pastor, my mother's sick. She's almost dead. So the pastor stayed at home for two days because <laughs> he loved her. What kind of Bible college did Jesus go to? The pastor gets up and goes over and sees them straight away. So he stayed two more days because he loved them. His love is weird. People, I would rush, but not him. He says, Cafe Galilee makes great double macchiatos. I'll have another one, thank you. They're sitting at the cafe. The sisters are sending faxes. Their email, ding, 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 coming through on his mobile device. He's just upgraded to six plus iPhone. He's boom, 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 here it is. I have another cappuccino actually, thank you. Cause he loved them. He says, cause he loved them. He stayed. He's setting you up for the greatest miracle you've ever had. The longer it takes, the better it's gonna be. He wanted to make sure Lazarus was completely dead. No chance of just being accused here. He was in a faint or a swoon. He needed to be a stinking mess. And you might have a stinking mess right now in your world because Jesus loves you. And you're saying, I wish he wouldn't love me so much. (laughs) Then after this, two days after, he says, oh, okay, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you down there. You go down there again. He says, I, and so he talks a bit about, you know, we've got to work while we can. And (laughs) verse 11, he says, our friend Lazarus sleeps. I go to wake him up. So I was like, if he's sleeping, he'd be all right. Oh, these guys are thick. Yeah, verse 14. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
Boy, you people are cruel over here in Western Australia. You laugh about these things. I feel right at home. And Jesus said to them plainly, he's dead. Five verses before he says he's not gonna die. Please, Lord Jesus, what is it? He's not gonna die or he's dead. The Lord is making no mistakes in how he's communicating with you. It may not be quite the way you think, but he's trying to lead you into one of the grandest moments you'll ever experience in your whole life. Just because the problem has gotten worse, just because the sickness has gotten deeper, just because the situation seems far more impossible now, somehow, some way, if you can reach your faith out towards Christ, He is the way. He is the way through. He will get you to the other side of that lake. He'll get you through the valley. Out of Him flows a river of life and nothing can stop it, healing everything in its path. Nothing can stop that river of life bringing scintillating eternal energy into every single being that's in its path. That river flowed out of Christ in the wilderness. Where are you gonna get rivers in a wilderness? Out of a rock, and the rock was Christ, the Bible tells us. Here's the river that flows out of the temple, bringing life wherever it goes. He's the river that flows through the river Garden of Eden. He's the river that flows through the house of God, making joy and gladness everywhere it goes. And he's the river that flows out of the belly of the believer. If you believe every time, faith is the thing that connects with it. You've, all you've got to do is switch your faith, switch on and go, tonight I'm going to believe. It hurts a little because I've been disappointed before. And I've let the disappointment discourage me. And I don't really want to get my hopes up. But come on, just take a little step. Tiny faith, even the size of a mustard seed will connect with the Father. We'll connect with Jesus. He just needs you to go, okay, I'm reaching out. And even if you can't do that, you gotta say, I'm willing. I'm willing to believe if I can just get some motivation, some momentum deep down on the inside of my heart to believe God. And one of the best ways you can do that is just to whisper it out of your mouth, I believe. I believe God that tonight something's gonna start changing in my world. Then he goes down into verse 15, I'm glad for your sakes I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Verse 17, so when Jesus came, he found that he'd been in the tomb four days. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And so then Martha, Verse 21 said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If only she had faith for the past. But that's useless faith. If only, if only I hadn't invested that money in that idiot who lost it. If only... I hadn't married. <laughs> if only, 
We hadn't had that child. Oh, if only. I know none of you think that. But a lot of people do think, if only. Things would be different today. If only I had it. Come on, guys, you've got to get out of there. That doesn't work. That just makes you a victim. That just makes you miserable because it's unchangeable. It's fixed. It's happened. What we're dealing with is right now. But then it says that Jesus says, verse 23, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I've been to C3 Bible College. They talk about the resurrection at the second coming. She's got faith for the future, faith for the past. But that's not going to do you much good either. One day, you know, I'm going to actually make it. I'm going to make the big deal. I'm going to sell the big house. I'm going to, one day it's, Jesus, hey, Martha, Martha, believe right now. The glory of God is here right now. And so he says, I am, not I was, not I will be. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So then, after he's given her a little teaching, he goes to the cave where Lazarus is. And he says, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me. So here's the thing, people. When he actually cries out for Lazarus, he just says, Lazarus, come forth. He doesn't say rise from the dead, Lazarus. Lazarus is already in the tomb, alive. Jesus has already said, I thank you, Father, you've already heard me. He couldn't see the result. There was a huge stone between him and a miracle that was walking around alive in the future. All they needed to do, Jesus says, you guys roll the stone away. When you do what you can do, he'll do what you can't do. Roll that stone away. They roll the stone away and he says, Lazarus, come out of there. He was alive. The miracle is alive in your life right now. It's not like it's got yet to happen. It's walking around in your future. It's there ready for you. It's simply a matter of calling it into being. It's a matter of rolling away every heavy stone, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's unbelief, whether it's just a dead weight of resistance to believing and because of discouragement and disappointment. But here right now, it's so important that you reach out and you say, tonight I'm gonna believe. The power of God is gonna touch my life here tonight. I want us all to stand right now if we could. Those people who had asthma that I mentioned before, I'd like you to come out the front. I want you to stand up on the stage here with me. I'm gonna pray for you. Would you just come right now? If you've got asthma, I want you to come down here and stand on the stage. A long time ago, it'd be about 30 years ago, I was in a tiny meeting where there might've been 20 people. And I was, it was a place called St. John's River in New South Wales. You were there? You were not. 
You were so amazing. Stand there for me. I went to this place because uh, I'd gone to be in Taree and Lansdowne with the McDonald's. David and Trish McDonald. And, and they said, we're going to go to St. John's River. And I said, okay. We arrived and there was an old building and that's all there was. One building by a bridge. And we went in and there was like two light bulbs hanging off the ceiling and these pews that were sitting along the row. And there was only, the first night, there was only a few people in there. And I had this word of knowledge to pray for people with asthma. And whenever I, I get that, I, I always feel like, Lord, I'd really like a little, something a little more dramatic. <laughs> Anybody could have asthma. You know, it's like, um, but then sometimes He does give me things that are a little more dramatic and then I wish I hadn't wished for that. Because <laughs> that's a lot more challenging. But this old man who is 80 plus years of age, he might have even been close to 90. He came out as a frail little old man. He said, oh, I've got cancer. I've got uh, asthma. He's, he's hardly breathing. His wife is with him. And, and I thought to myself, Lord, he's almost gone, you know? <laughs> it's like, come on, you think that too, you know? Like, is this, the Lord says, hey, I want to heal anybody and everybody. Doesn't matter how young or old they are. You get your act together, boy. I pray for him. The next night, he came with two rows of people. I said, who are these? He said, these are all my children and their grandchildren and their children. He's like a grand patriarch. And his wife said, he's never done any work on the farm for 10 years. Yesterday, today, he built a chicken shed without any wheezing at all. That night, two rows of people got saved. So I've never bothered about, I just follow that word of knowledge and we pray and believe God that here tonight, we're gonna take and believe that, and I can feel the power of God here right now. It's gonna heal these people. So I just want you to stand with me, believe God and let's pray reach out to God in heaven and I know the touch of God is going to help these people here. Hi friends, I wanted to take a moment to invite you to our annual conference called Presence here in Sydney, Australia. We would love to see you there from the 14th to the 17th of April. It's four nights and three days. Starts at one o'clock in the afternoon. There's a program for children, for teenagers and for whole families. As we come together from all over the world, and all over Australia, and we start to worship God together, it is an amazing experience where the great power of the Holy Spirit is able to infiltrate and penetrate that meeting and bring Christ into reality for all those who are present. We see such a move of the Holy Spirit where people are healed, set free, 
encountering God and hearing from the Lord, it is one of those moments in our year where we need to schedule time so that we can actually be spiritually renewed and revived. So I'm praying for you that as you consider coming, you'll find God will provide for you and He'll give you the time and the motivation and the energy to be there and to be part of this incredible conference in April this year. Thanks for listening. We are always encouraged to hear the stories of great decisions that you have made and the great things that God is doing in your life. So if you have a story to share or if you have a prayer request, please email us at podcast at myc3church.net.